Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Coming up on In Flight Snack, the Patriots beat the Jets for the 15th consecutive time, and it boils down to one position and starting to break apart the team. Bilal and I were joined by a special guest, Joe Beningo, to talk about the Jets' 15th consecutive loss. He's seen every Jets loss to the Patriots for the last 55 years, so he was able to talk about all of it. We talked about some history. We talked about Joe Namath, all the different things, Jet football. He has a great relationship with the head coach also, so we talked about maybe some messages he can be sending to the head coach because it seems like it's time to make a change at the quarterback position. All that and a whole lot more coming up on In-Flight Snack. Stay tuned. First thing I said to him, I said, Coach, you got to win this. The pressure's on, man. You got to win this year. There's no gray area anymore. You want to hear what's going to be said if you lose to the Bills on opening night. It's a toss for Powell. He's got the angle. He's got blockers. Powell working the sidelines. Powell goes all the way. Touchdown, Jets. A play here, and then Evans, Sanchez gets hit, the ball is loose, and it's alive. I have never seen this before in my life, and it was the backside of Brandon Moore that knocked the ball out. Let's make sure we play like the New York Jets. Let's go to eat a damn snack. Welcome back to In-Flight Snack, a New York Jets podcast on the Believe Podcast Network. That's Bilal Powell. I'm Rami Lavi. Today is Tuesday, September 26th, and the season is over. We're three games in, and it's over because this team is not willing to make a change at the most important position. They're stubborn. I don't know why. God knows why with Robert Sala, why they're so stubborn to stick with this kid, but they refuse to make a change. This kid continues to cost them games. The defense goes out there, gives up 13 points, and the offense can't do anything. Guys are running open all over the field all day on Sunday. You finally had the best performance of the season from the offensive line, and time and time again, the quarterback is killing this team, and that's been the story for the last 50 years. I cannot handle it anymore. Good morning, Bilal. How are you doing? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. And uh, like you said, it's, it seems like the, the, the season is over. And I think a lot of people are wanting to just fast, fast forward this season. But the thing is, all we got to do is replace one piece. One piece. And I think the whole entire season will be different. The defense is playing good. They're going to give up points. It's the National Football League. The offense has to come on. Uh, if they don't, I'm starting to think that the offense and defense are going to start to divide. And we do not want that because it's already ugly. And if that happens, it's just going to get uglier and uglier. And, you know, by this time, I think fans are going to start, the, the fans that decide to come to the game are going to going to start coming with uh, paper bags over their heads, man. Yeah, so. and Sunday, I mean, it was impossible to sell my tickets. I couldn't sell, like, I could barely sell my tickets for Sunday. I couldn't make it. We obviously had a Jewish holiday Sunday night, so I couldn't make it to the game. And I'm trying to sell my tickets. Nobody wants to come see this team. 
And you're starting to see that divide in the locker room. You're starting to see the the fighting on the sideline. And it's just, for me, it's it's heartbreaking to watch as a Jet fan. It's heartbreaking probably for you as a player. And we talked to someone, we have an interview coming up with a guy who's seen this for the last 55 years as a Jet fan. Probably the, the voice of all Jet fans, the biggest Jet fan there is in Joe Beningo. He was on the fan for 25 years talking Jets football. And he's still, you could hear him every Monday after a Jets win or loss. And you saw it. You heard him when he were, we were talking to him. That's tough. Like he, it, it, it pains him. It's just different for me because, you know, playing, I didn't realize the, the, <clears throat> I didn't realize how painful it was to really watch as a fan. I'm a fan now. I'm a, I'm a New York Jets yep. fan. It, it just is what it is. And it's painful to be on this side. And, and I feel bad for the, the people that spend their hard earned money to come pay for season tickets and, and some people save up money to come to certain games and then you're just not getting the effort that you want. And and it's and what we're talking about a bad team, we're not talking about an overall team. We're just talking about one unit, the offensive unit. Is it just not clicking at all, man? And it like, boils down to one position. One position, you know, that could make the entire difference. That's the what to me is one of the most important positions on the field. Yep, probably the and most we, important. It, it it is probably yeah, the most important position on the field and it hasn't been addressed yet. And now, you know, we, we just blew an opportunity to be 2-0 and in the division. And now, now we have a tough opponent coming up in Kansas City. We know how that, that – we already know how that's going to be. All right, we got Taylor Swift coming in the building. <laughs> I think more fans are going to be looking up, trying to find out which suite she's in, rather than looking at the football game. And, yep. you know, I hate that it has to come to this this early in the season – but man, I would hope that Joe and and and, and Robert will make a good decision in bringing in a veteran quarterback. Yeah, and they have to figure it out. And by the way, PSA to anyone who wants to see Taylor Swift, I know what it costs to go see Taylor Swift at MetLife earlier this summer. It's going to be cheaper on Sunday to go see Taylor Swift at MetLife Stadium than it was a couple of months ago when she performed there. So if you're looking to go see Taylor Swift at MetLife Stadium, Sunday's your opportunity. Oh, and by the way, you get to watch Travis Kelsey. And then a couple of weeks later, you'll have Kelsey and Swift coming again to Madison Square Garden because you have Jason Kelsey and DeAndre Swift, the running back, coming to play against the Jets with the Eagles, right? So it, it's not getting any better for the Jets. It's not getting any easier. And the time to make a change is now. You talked about the fans. A friend of mine, Rob Taub, who was on the podcast, friend of the show, he talked about, he texted me, he went to the game on Sunday and he said, look, it's tough. Like, I don't expect them to win, but if they do, the euphoria I'll be feeling being in the building. So the hopefulness of the fan base, they're still so hopeful. You talk about it, it's one and two. There's still plenty of time to go in the season. And I hate to be a downer and say that it's over, but if they don't make a change, it is over. The way they can salvage this is by making a change. What do you think it's going to take for this organization from the top down, whether Joe Beningo just talked with us about maybe Woody Johnson stepping in or Joe Douglas or Robert Sala. What do you think it's going to take for someone in that group to make a change? It's going to have to be a teammate. It's going to have to be a guy that cares. It's going to have to be a guy that is somewhat of a leader on, on this team, a, a guy that has been established on this team, a guy that cares about winning on this team. And maybe it's a few guys. Maybe it's a few guys that go to the coach and say, hey, coach, we need to do something because we're over here fighting and fighting. And there's only so much you can do on one side of the ball, right? And we know this is a three-phase game. 
and right now, one phase of this game is the weakness. So I think there's going to be, there should be a unit of players, respectfully, to be able to say, man, we're going, working, man, we're working out every day. We're practicing every day to prepare to win on Sunday. And our only hope of having somewhat of doubt going in on Sunday is one position that needs to be filled or it needs a change. It has to be a player. It's going to have to be players that go and say, hey, we need to do something. All right? We have cap money. Go, we have plenty of cap space to go sign yep. somebody to come help us win the game right now, like a veteran quarterback. And I think it's going to have to take a couple, couple players on that team that are in a leadership role to go to the coach and say, hey, coach, I think it's time to make a change at that position. Whether it be offensive, defensive players. It's going to have to take players. It's the players. Listen, I know it's Kosala's team. I get it. But really, it's, it's really truly about the players. So if the players really care, if they're really thinking about playoffs and uh, and they're thinking about winning, right? Because LaDainian Thompson, Hall of Famer, told me, hey, we need to win now. You used to see guys cry in the locker room. You need to win now because you can't worry about next year because next year could be the same thing or next year may never come. So they need to think about right now. We can't be thinking about Aaron Rodgers next year coming off of an injury, all right? We have to think about right now. What, what, what are we going to do right now? You know what I mean? Like, every game counts. I have two things based on that. Number one, you were a player that played with – you had, you played under seven different offensive coordinators, four GMs, the whole thing. But you also played with a lot of different quarterbacks. At what point do you feel that a player in the locker room can actually go and – request a change like how does that what's that dynamic like where a player can go say hey maybe we need this guy does that change are, are players afraid to do that is that i know this is and it's different this year because this is going back to last year where the players already clearly weren't on zach's side so this is now a year and a half of this it's not just one season so maybe that makes a difference but what do you think or who do you think rather can go to have that conversation it must be a difficult conversation to have I think I think you you, you got Quentin Williams, C.J. Mosley, Jordan Whitehead, Sauce Gardner, guys that are contributing, guys that are are well respected around the building, guys that have been consistent, guys that really care. I think those are the guys that can have those conversations, especially with the head man being a defensive guy. They can have those conversations. They can have that 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 man to man, professional to professional conversation. And it's nothing personal. It's just like Zach Wilson's not ready. He is not ready. And I think right now you're starting to see the, the fan base get up. I'm telling listen, coach, I'm going to tell you like this. This is a, one of the last fan bases you want to see start turning their backs because they yeah. will. And it's cutthroat. They love you and then they can hate you and it's bad. Listen, the hurt, the, the hate is a lot worse than the love here. All right. I, I, I yeah. love that I have love in the city, but the hate is a lot worse here, man. And I just think that as a coach, right, at this professional level, and you're talking about a defensive guy, you're talking about a, a guy, I think a coach that you consider a player's coach, I think you could go to him and say, hey, coach, there needs to be a change. There needs to be a change. Like, there's nothing personal. Zach Wilson is just business. This, yep. is a, this is a business. And it's a winning business. And if you don't win, you have to go. You have to go. I know it's the third year, but it's it's time. Uh, we've seen enough. Yeah, you're lucky enough you didn't get any hate from the fans. You talked about Aaron Rodgers and thinking about next year. What if Aaron looks at this and says, oh, this is a mess. I don't even want to be here next year. Like, that's a real scenario that 
why am I going through all this rehab, all this work just to come back if it's going to be such a mess out there, if it's going to be this circus? Listen, I don't, I don't blame them. I, I mean, honestly, I, I don't blame them. You know, I, I've, I've known a guy that, you know, I won't say his name, but he opted out his second, his second year here in New York because he came here and his, his, I mean, it just wasn't who he was. Like he, he saw his stats and his average go down. And he was saying, hey, look, this is not who I am. This is not the organization I want to be on. And he then went on to another organization and had a pretty good year. I've seen guys well, that they hated when they came here. Like you, you see guys that don't want to come to New York. It's like an insult to say, hey, I want to offer you a contract to come here. And I don't understand it. I, I, you know, who is it? You know, for, for so many years, like, who is it? That's that's what I always think. As a player, I've had four general managers. It didn't work. Seven offensive coordinators. It didn't work. Four head coaches. It didn't work. So I'm sitting here thinking, like, who is it? Like, what is it about the green and white right now? That's the question. That's the root of the, the, root of the problem. Well, how can we get to the root of this problem? And right now, I think the root of the problem is the quarterback position. Like, I'm not saying we're great up front. But I think if you put a, a quarterback back there that knows how to manage a game, I think we can win some football games, honestly. And it seems to have been that for the last 50 years. So we talked to the great Joe Beningo about that, about 50 years of, for him, 55 since they last won the Super Bowl. He's seen it all. We talked about it. We talked about this team. He also has a great relationship with the head coach. So we kind of talked about the coach's job being on the line a little bit. So all that and more, we'll take a quick break and then we'll come back with the interview with Joe Beningo. Stay tuned. Coming up in a second. <laughs> Joining us now on in-flight snack is a very special guest. I would say he's the voice of New York Jets fans for the last 50 years. Happy birthday, by the way. What a birthday present Thanks. the Jets gave you this week. Joe Beningo, thanks oh, for doing God. this. And, and, and let me tell you this too, Robbie. Seven, 70, no less. You think I could get a, like a better, <laughs> a, a better birthday present than another, uh, you know, stick up the rear end from the Patriots, you know? I mean, it seems to be the case every time. So let's start there. What's your biggest takeaway from this game? What was the biggest issue on Sunday? Well, the quarterback. I mean, is there any, I mean, to me, is, is there any doubt about it? I mean, and, and right now, how they do not bring a veteran guy in here is just beyond me. I mean, it's almost like they're just going to punt the season with this kid, you know, and, you know, go win four or five games and say, okay, well, next year Rodgers will be back. I mean, what what are we doing? The, kid, the kid's not any good. I mean, he's in his third year already. What do we need? How much more do I need to see? And they keep sticking. You know, you heard Sally yesterday. This is our quarterback. He's improving. We, the reason we lost Sunday wasn't because of him. I mean, come on. Really? Yeah, I agree. Bilal? Listen, it's time to move on from Zach Wilson. It's, it's time to move on from Zach Wilson. I mean, he wasn't the only reason for that loss, but he was no. one of the biggest reasons for that loss. He was a big problem for that loss in the week and the week before. So I think you move on from, from Zach Wilson. You know, Coach Solomon, listen, job is in jeopardy right now, honestly. Like, are you going to, you know, kick away the season, punt away the season like Joe said? Or are you going to make a make a decision to go out and get a veteran quarterback that, that can help us win the remainder of the season, man? Yeah. Hey, look, you know, and I, you know, what worries me a little bit here is that they almost know they got a pass this year. Okay. And they continue to try to justify this quarterback because he was a second pick in the draft. You know, you, you look at what, what the 49ers have done with Trey Lance. Okay. They picked this guy in the first round. They made a determination. He's not any good. 
and they got rid of him. He's gone. I mean, you know, I mean, come on. And that that's one of the top organizations in football. That's why they're a contender every year to 49ers or one of the reasons. And I, I just don't get it with this guy. I don't get the and the fan base has had enough of him. I mean, we could go, we could go on and on and on. I mean, he's just he's just not any good. He's just not any good. So you're friends with the coach, Joe, right? You've created a relationship. Did he text you happy birthday yet? Uh, no, but we were back and forth last night for about, believe it or not, last night for about an hour, texting back oh. and forth about a bunch of different things. Um, you know, I want to say this too, uh, and I don't know how you feel about this, guys, but, you know, the defense, you know, I only I know they only gave up 13 points against the Patriots, but Mac Jones had all day to throw. There, there was no blitzing whatsoever. They were they kept going with this four-man rush that wasn't getting there. And, and, and the other thing about the defense, too, that makes me quick, they're back to where they don't force any turnovers anymore. I mean, there was a couple plays where there was one play where Quinn and Williams tipped the ball in the air and Michael Carter hit him in the hands. Can we catch the damn ball? And the we week saw before, it last week, too, yep. with Sauce Gardner. He had a walk-in pick six if he holds on to the ball. You know, and, uh, that's another issue. I mean, they got four turnovers against Buffalo and they haven't had one since in the last two games. Well, that was the story last year, right? They were able to yep. turn the ball over yep. against Buffalo, but not against anyone else. But back yep. to the coach for a second, in your conversation with him, do you does he know that his job is on the line if he sticks with Zach Wilson? He's going to lose the room. Yeah, I don't think he thinks that. I mean, I, I like I said, I think what they think. Look, I, I've said to him, I said, Coach, you're going to go down with this quarterback. I, look, he, he's killing the fan base. I actually texted this exact words to him. He's killing the fan base, and he's going to kill you, okay? He's going to kill you. But I get the impression. First of all, I think I don't think Salah – really wants to play Wilson. I get that. I think this is all on Douglas, that he's being force-fed this kid by Douglas. I really I, I really think that. But, I, look, I mean, look, if, if I, to me, Woody Johnson needs to step in, okay? Woody needs to step in and say, hey, look, we're not kicking this season away. We have to bring a veteran guy in here. And I think it's up to the owner now to take control of that if, if Douglas refuses to do anything, you know? What would Douglas's incentive be? What's that? What would Douglas's incentive well, be to play Zach? The incentive is that he picked this guy with the second pick in the draft, and he's got to try to prove that that he's he's good. I mean, I, what else could it be? What else yep. could it be? Well, I'll go ahead. Uh, just going back to the defense, uh, we we all know that our defense is good, right? But when I looked at the game, when I saw that game, what I saw is how efficient the Patriots' offense was. I'm not yeah. talking about the the, the down the hill that. Listen, they was getting four here, four there. They were putting themselves in manageable situations all game. They yep. were going – there was their yep. start at second and six, third and two, and then converting third down. I mean, that was the situation of football. Bill Belichick was like, listen, we know we don't have the guys on the outside to go downfield and make the big plays. So his game plan probably was to stay in front of the chains. And they were so efficient on the offensive side of the ball to the point where our defense is so good that they only gave up 13 points with – the efficiency that the Patriots had on the offensive side of the ball. And I'm going to be honest, the only ugly thing about this team right now is just we don't have an offense. When you look at the way we're talking about the New York Jets right now, it's usually the overall team. It's like you're trying to scramble to say, okay, we're going to have to replace the whole team. Right now it's just replacing the quarterback. And and, and problem I think is solved. I think you go from winning Joe four games now to maybe – seven or eight games, nine games, maybe being able to right. sneak in the playoffs later in the season. But I think that's going to be a big decision by, by uh, you know, in the office, the front office, Joe Douglas. Like, you know, uh, Rami and I talked about this last week, man. We talked about Joe Douglas. He's good at 
draft picks, but is he good in a situation like this? This is a new situation for Joe. This is a decision that he has mm-hmm. to make. Like I don't, yeah. I don't know, I don't know the guys personally in in that building. But if they don't think that the job's on the line, they're fooling themselves. Because my nine years, I had seven offensive coordinators, oh, four, four general managers. <laughs> All right, I, I mean the list goes on. So if you don't ever think that you're on the hot seat in that profession, then you're fooling yourself. And I think right now they need to make a big decision for, you know, at least a successful or, or, or trying to get into the playoffs for the rest of this year, man. Yeah, no question. And let's be honest about this too, guys. The, the coach's record is, he's 12 and 25. I mean, let, you know, let, let's, you know, that's, it is, you know, you are what your record says you are. One like and eight in this last nine. Say, right, right. You know, they, yep. they ended last year with a six-game losing streak. Like you said, they've lost eight of the last nine now. Yep. Um, you're right, Bilal. You're right about that. And I, I'll tell you this, too. Okay, if it doesn't work, I, I don't know how you feel, Bilal, but if this didn't work out with Salah, I want Rex back. i got to tell you right now, give me Rex back. I'm good. You know, you think – let me tell you right now. I'm watching the game Sunday as they continue to go with a four-man rush. They're not getting at Jones at all. He didn't touch him in the game. Rex would have been sending the freaking house at him. Mm-hmm. You got these two corners. You got Source and Reed, man. You got a top top tier two cornerbacks. You know, let's go. He would have been sending, you know, five six guys at him. Let's be real, right or wrong. Especially, especially where we matched up on defense. They didn't have a guy on the outside that could right. You know, right. big time. So why not send the house? Why? Yeah. why you know, they don't really truly have a, a number one receiver though. Devontae Parker, my boy, he played at Louisville. That's my boy. But right. I right. like Sauce Gardner over. Devontae Parker. So yeah. why not why not match up on the outside, man to man, and send the house, right? My coach once said, the defensive coach said, if you're going to run a pass, you better do it fast because we're coming. And I can't right. say the rest, but we're coming, all right, yep. at, at the end of the day. Blitz the house, get get Mar- uh, get Mac Jones to move off his point, and let's go, right? Get the, ball out, get the ball out of his hands fast. Force him to play in the hurry. That's it. Like, not back there, sit back. Go over his progression and dump it down for a six-yard game. I mean, though, that's the that's what I'm talking about. I, I think Bill Belichick did a good job of, oh, they're not coming. Hey, don't just take what the defense gives you and, and manage the game. That's what that's all Bill Belichick was doing. He knew how good that defense was. He was just saying, hey, man, don't make a mistake. Just take what they give you and let's keep going, man. So yeah. you know, it's it's just tough to watch, man, because the defense yeah. is playing so hard. Yeah, no, I know that's very it, it's very difficult to watch. And let's be honest about this game, too, guys. The Patriots tried to hand the game to us. There was some the penalties, even the officials. We were getting breaks from the officials in this game. Yep. We never get this. We never get it. Okay. They missed two field goals in the game. There was drop passes. That one pass to Stevenson early in the game on the outside. He had 50 yards ahead of him. He dropped the ball. You know, I mean, this is this is not a good team, this Patriot team. Michael I mean, Carter tackled the guy. It. Right. Right. Yep. And it yep. wasn't called a PI. Yeah. Yeah, right. Exactly right. And even that issue, I don't know what happened. I guess Mac Jones kicked a, a source in the groin or whatever. I, yeah, I they said there's going to be no suspension. Some kind of flag there, and we didn't see it, you know? Yeah. Speaking of the defense, you talked about playing one-on-one on the outside. So Salah said last week, he said, that's not our style, or he said it's not his scheme. Maybe it's time to ch- kind of change up yeah. your style. Don't you right. think? Of course. Look, I... I I, I told you, I texted him this about the blitz. I'm yelling, I'm watching the game, and I'm watching. They're not getting near Jones, and I'm screaming. They're rushing four guys. They're not sending anybody else, okay? I texted him la- the other night, the last night, and I, he said, we blitzed twice. This is what he told me. 
We blitzed twice and we didn't get there. So they didn't even bother doing it again. What are you talking about? I mean, what do you mean? This great – and that's the other thing too, guys. All we heard about this great defensive line. You know, you're rotating all these different guys on the defensive line. Well, they didn't get to him. What's going on with that? You know what I mean? Where's Will McDonald? Where's Will McDonald? Right. But where is he? That's all we heard. What a pass rushing demon this kid is. I think he played 10 snaps in the game, something like that. And by the way, you saw the same stubbornness with playing Joe Tipman. Joe Tipman was the best offensive lineman right. on Sunday. When they finally put him in, it took an injury to get him in the game, though. It seems to be a stubbornness there. Do you think mm -hmm. that's coming from the coach, or do you think, again, that's coming from Douglas? No, I think it's the coach. I think once you get I, – I, look, as far as the personnel goes, I, I, I put that on Douglas. When you get down on the field and now you're playing the game, I mean, that's all on, that's all on the head coach. And look how long it took him. Look, this offensive line is what it should have been from day one, okay? Maybe if they maybe if uh, they had Beckton at left tackle and ABT at right tackle to start the season like they did yesterday, uh, you know, Sunday, Don't maybe maybe Rogers doesn't get hurt. Maybe not. Okay, so uh, I, I think that's the one thing I like is that I think they finally got the offensive line right. Like I do think that. So they get the offensive line right, but behind the offensive line, you still need the quarterback. That's that's the yeah. biggest difference. Who do you think is an option that's even out there that they can go get at this point? Look, I don't love any of the guys out there. Um, I think the most viable option that's available, and I don't I don't love him, but I think it's Carson Wentz. And I say that because he's only 29 years old. He's out of the league. He did have some success. Look, he, the one year, uh, he was probably the MVP in the league before he got hurt, the year Philly won the Super Bowl when Foles took over. Um, he's only 29. You know, this guy wants to get back in the league, okay? And he's But they just declined the offer to come play here? What's that? Didn't he decline the offer to come play over here? What I heard, here's what I heard a lot. What I heard is that that him and Matt Ryan actually reached out to the organization to come here. That's what I've heard. Okay. That's what I've heard. And I don't think look, Wentz is 29. He wants to be back in the league. I'm you bring a guy like that back in, he's got a chip on his shoulder now, right or wrong, yeah. you know? And he's coming in this situation, he has really nothing to lose, right? Nothing you to lose. Mean? That's nothing all to lose, he can do. Right. It's something That's different right. when, you, when you relax and you have nothing to lose, man, honestly. Yeah, yeah. But there's no pressure on him. That's 100% right. You know, he's next year, Rogers going to be the quarterback again. So, you know, I'm Carson Wentz, man. I'd run here if they, if they asked him to come here, right or wrong. Yeah. yeah. You said Rogers is going to be the quarterback next year. Do you think there's a pressure there where they're maybe hesitant to go get someone because this is still Rogers' team? They said he's going to be back in the facility in the next couple of weeks. Do you think that's part of the hesitation? Well, I think, again, I think it goes to this. I think here's the bottom line. I think if the team didn't win another game this year, that if Rogers wanted Salah back, Salah's coming back. That's true. You know, I mean, I think that. I, I think it's I think it's Rogers' call, which to me is ridiculous because you know what? Rogers has this guy hasn't been. He played four plays for our team. It's not like this guy was, you know, he's been here a couple of years and now he got this injury, you know, where he has a lot of say in what's going on. I mean, but let's be real about it. He has, he's done nothing. He's done nothing as a Jet, right or wrong. We've seen that from day one, though. It seems like he's running the show from the yeah, second he showed up. Yes, I agree. And I think and I think it's his call on who the coach is, to be very honest. And that's not good because that means there's no pressure on these guys this year. None. You asked uh, before we started recording, you asked about uh, Bilal's game on uh, the week 15 in yep. or week six, week 17 in 2015. The final game of the year in 2015 in Buffalo. I still got hemorrhoids from the game, by the way. Just Bilal, you have a little story on that. You want to share that? Yeah, man, I, I'll share it. Uh, you know, obviously, I, I came back from from a high ankle sprain and we went on that run. 
And, and I honestly thought we were going to get in. Honestly, I did. And I think we were that yeah. team at that time in late in the season and no one wanted to play, you know, especially those teams that were on the fence of making the team, not, I mean, making the playoffs, not making the playoffs. They just did not want to play us. And when I got hurt in that game and right before overtime, I was like, I can't believe this. I can't believe this. All right. And then when we pulled that game off going into, uh, going into Buffalo, and we all knew Rex was Rex game plan. He knew they they were out of the playoffs. He was like, and if I'm not getting in the playoffs and you guys just fired me, you're not getting in the playoffs. I'm sure he didn't probably sleep the night before or that whole week. He was game planning to knock us out of the playoffs. But when I went in that week, I talked to Todd Bowles and I told coach, I said, hey, listen, I know I'm hurt, um, but I'm willing to shoot my ankle up and I'm willing to play. Mm. I'm willing to play. And he was just like, Man, I don't think I don't think we need you this week. I think we'll get past the Buffalo Bills. M- must I remind you, Chris Ivory was battling an injury too. So we went yes, in he was. That's game right. with, yeah. with Stephen Ridley. We went in that game yeah. with Stephen Ridley being a starting running back at the time. And Chris Ivory was there to just relieve him because he was still hurt. Uh, he dressed. And Chris Ivory's first catch, uh, first carry, he went 60 yards and they stopped giving him the ball. And I was sitting on the sideline. I couldn't do nothing, man. But you know, I talked. I talked to coach, and he he thought that we could get past Buffalo. And I knew deep down, and 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 let's be honest, Ryan Fitzpatrick is my boy. All right, I still keep up with Ryan, and we knew in Buffalo that late in the season with the wind, it being cold, we knew Ryan Fitzpatrick couldn't cut through that. You you had to win that game on the ground. Let's let's just be honest, and, and you and you just saw the game slip away. You know, just from the wind, taking the ball, taking his ball and just like doing it, you know. And uh, you actually saw more uh, Pittsburgh Steelers fans in the stands. I, I never seen so many terrible towels at a Buffalo Bills game in December than I did that that week, man. And, when the uh, Steelers weren't playing, too, you know. Yeah, because if we lost, they got in. They got in. Yeah, right. We, no, I know. I know. It, it, was, insane. it was insane, man. I, and I couldn't believe it because I knew if we got in the playoffs, man, and, I, you know, we still talk about it. You know, me and, me and a couple other teammates, we talk about, man, if we would have just got in that playoffs, man, I think we could have ran the table, at least mm-hmm. got past the wild card. You know what I mean? Or, or, or put some yeah. – we would have put a lot of teams on their heels, man, put it like that, the way we Hey, were look, you guys, you guys were the hottest team in the league going into that Bill game. You guys won five in a row. You had that overtime win with, uh, you know, Fitzpatrick hit Decker to beat the Patriots, that, you know, and the week before that to set it up for that game. And I'll tell you something else, too, and I, and I put this on balls. I really do. You know, we watched Revis in that game get torched by Sammy Watkins. I mean, he was killing him the whole game. And 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 the coach made no adjustment at all in that game with Revis. Revis wasn't the same guy at that point. He made no adjustment at all to try to double-team Watkins to do something different in that game. And that's that's another part of that game that made me crazy, guys. I remember Revis just standing. He was lining up 10 yards off the line of scrimmage because he was yeah. scared to get beat in that game. And it felt like such a departure from past Revis. But you mentioned the coach. That's He was making an assumption. It was like, hey, we'll get in next week and Bilal will be healthy next week in right. the playoffs. That's unbelievable. Just assuming unbelievable. that you're going to make it. Insane. In, insane. And Bilal was through I'm telling you, Landon, really, you were one of the most underrated guys. When you played, man, You, we were good. You were a major part of that offense, catching the ball out of backfield, all the different things that you did, you know? So just want to tell you that, bro. I have I have great respect for you, man. You were a good player. You really were. 
Joe, you've seen 50 years of being a Jet fan. You mentioned Bilal is one of what those players. I've seen, I've seen, I've, I've been a Jet fan since 65, so even 60. more than that. Oh, yeah. Name its so, first year. That was my first, first year as a Jet So fan. go ahead, Bilal. You want to ask about that? Yeah, I had to ask. As a player, you know, I, I've witnessed the, the 2015 season when we were winning. You know, I came in when the New York Jets had just came off back-to-back AFC championship games. Right. But then you had this drought of just like – Five win seasons, six win seasons. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How was it back when Joe Namath was a quarterback? Like, what was the energy like? Was it was it similar to the energy that we saw when Aaron Rodgers arrived in New York? Like, how was it? How do you compare the energy and the excitement of football with Joe Namath as your franchise quarterback and Aaron Rodgers coming in to possibly you know help you win? And you talk about Super Bowl contending. How was it? Well, Namath really changed everything. I mean, you know, look, I mean, he he basically looked at he he really forced the merger when you think about it. I mean, you know, he came in, um, you know, 1965, you still had the AFL and the NFL. They was like a, they were like at war against each other. They were both drafting the same players. Remember, Namath got drafted by the Cardinals too in the NFL, right? And he winds up, you know, signing at that time this unbelievable four hundred something thousand dollar contract with the Jets, right? This was like off the charts, 1965. This was, you know, $400,000 a year was ridiculous in, in pro sports. Um, so, you know, there was so much hype about him. You know, it took a few years. I mean, you know, the first t- couple of years they had losing seasons. The first year they actually had a losing season. 66, they went, they were 500. They went 6-6-2. Six, six Remember, there was only 14 games back then. They finally had a winning season in uh, the following year. They went 8-5-1. Should have made the playoffs. They were 7-2-1 and one at one point, and then Emerson Boozer got hurt, and that really kind of killed the season. Namath got his jaw broken by the Raiders the next to last week of the season. And then it all just kind of came together the following year, you know, to win the Super Bowl. But, you know, Namath was – he was bigger than life. I, Bilal, to be honest with you, I mean, you, you couldn't be a bigger star than Namath was, and he transcended football. I mean, everybody knew who Joe – I mean, you didn't know anything about football – you knew who Joe Namath was. I mean, that's how big a star he was, you know, at that point in time. I mean, you know, there's no doubt about it. Kind of like Travis Kelsey now that he's dating Taylor Swift. I don't know if you oh, heard about please. that. And, and, and we're going to have to see Taylor Swift at the Meadowlands Sunday night, you know, with Kelsey. You know she's going to be there. Oh, 100%. Like but you do you believe that we finally get a Sunday night game after all these years of waiting and it's going to be freaking Zach Wilson? By the and way, get hammered. Kansas City's only nine and a half point favorites. They should be favored by two touchdowns. And they got no shot in that game. And I don't see how we have And the only shot I could possibly see is if the defense has this monster game where they turn over Mahomes. I mean, I, I don't see any other way they can win. I, I honestly don't. That's what I said. I no. thought the only chance the Jets had of scoring a touchdown on Sunday was if the defense got a score. Right. like or, or special teams. Like It looked like right. Gibson could have broken a couple. Like That kid has yeah. been fantastic. But... I like Gibson, yeah. Just leave the defense out there all game, right? What's that, Paul? Let's just leave the defense out there all game. Right. And let's hope right. that we can get a, a strip fumble for a touchdown, an interception for a touchdown. If these guys can catch the ball, you have to make those plays. Michael Carter. You have to. Gotta, you course. have to make those plays, man. You have to make those plays. No question about it. That's 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 the mark of a great defense. You know, to me, it comes down to this. Hitting the quarterback and taking the ball away. And, you know, they they certainly didn't do that the last two games. I mean, there's no doubt about it, you know? Yeah, and giving up 12 points is nice, but or 13 points is nice. But again, yeah, if you're not doing those two things, especially when you pr- essentially are out there the whole game, Bilal, right? You said keep them out there all game. You're right. going three right. and out on the offensive side. You're basically out there the whole game. 
Yeah, let just, me ask you this too, Bilal. Bilal, let me ask you. This is another thing that makes me not nuts with Wilson, okay? So the kid's got a big arm, right? Why do we see nothing deep down the field? I mean, we got Garrett Wilson out there, okay? You could even put Gibson here, wide receiver, with his speed, okay? How about we don't see any deep shots down the field? I mean, right? right? I mean, come on. Why not? Because there's no there's no run game. There's no there's there's no run game. I know Brees had that big game coming back, right? But I, there's no there's no run game. No, you well, have, to have a run game to open up the deep ball. I mean, or else the corner or the safeties are just gonna sit back. You have to yeah. force the guys to come up. You have to you have to be efficient in the run game to 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 play action. The linebackers give us the throwing lane. And Joe, Rami, and I talked about this once again. We go get a kid. Uh, I should say a kid. My, we go get a guy like McCall Hardman. Yeah, he's we, not even playing. Right. He's not even playing. And, and we saw how Andy Reid used him in Kansas City. Yep. The kid, yep. Dude can run, all right? The dude can really run. He's a guy – why not put him on the outside, put put Garrett Wilson on the, in the inside, do some kind of dagger where he runs a goal, clear it out for, for uh, Garrett Wilson. Like, that's how I'm thinking. But then you can't throw a deep ball if the O-line doesn't keep you protected. So yeah. as, a, as a coordinator, if I know my, my troubles is the offensive line, I'm not even thinking about the deep ball, the go ball. I'm thinking about trying to get the ball out of Zach's hands. Okay? I will say – yeah, go ahead. I will say there were a couple plays, and people were posting this online, film breakdown, where you saw Garrett Wilson open down the field, and Zach is so nervous – that he's looking for the 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 short hitches. He's mm. looking for the cut the check down before before he even takes a look. It's three step drop and throw to the check down, and he's not even looking. And there that happens a few times where he's throwing checkdowns when there's a guy running right o- wide open down the sideline. And Garrett Wilson, I saw a few people posted that online. So I think the throws are there. I think it comes back to the quarterback. Yeah. Look at no, no doubt there about was it. A, there was a there was a third and six, and Garrett Wilson ran a four yard route and got tackled. I'm like, you know, at some point in time, we have to have football IQ. If it's the third and six, why why am I running routes shorter than the sticks? Like, the fourth and ten at the end of the game. Yeah. Why, why are we right. doing that? That's right. just an IQ thing, man. That's just, you know, it almost makes you really question. Like, Zach Wilson is not the guy. He, he I don't think he has the football understanding of here. I think he's relying so much of the coach putting him in the best situation, where we all know we're franchise quarterbacks. They're they're the tw- they're the twelfth. They really the extra coach on the football field. When I was with Ryan Fitzpatrick, he checked out an entire play because he saw something. Right. He, right. Because he, well, sometimes when you line up out there, Joe, they have us. You you can look at a play before it happens to say they got us. Let me get to my best check, my best audible. And if Zach doesn't have that, where you saw one time he made a check and it looked like it was the wrong check. Yep. <laughs> This is the mean? only yeah. audible he made. I know the one you mean, and I think he handed Bro, it off to uh, it the right, right to the right side. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Tony Romo yep. was and, right and, on and it. That's yeah. just a football yeah. IQ of like let's get let, let's be honest. These guys on the other side are professionals. Those coaches are professionals. They do film study. So now we, if they got our hand, we just got to get to our best check. Like we have to have that quarterback that can take that charge. And I don't think Jack Wilson is that guy that can take that charge and understand it. Me being the leader and the commander of this offense, I need to be able to audible and check and put my team in the best position, even if it's just managing the play. Right, right, right. And something so yeah, interesting, no. you talked about uh, Joe Namath. By the way, no run. Why are there no designed runs for this kid either? This kid's got some speed. How, and he's better getting out of the pocket than in the pocket. 
Why? We see all these guys run. Daniel Jones, Josh Allen, Lamar runs. You know, we go running down the line, you know, that these guys can run with the football. Why are we not seeing this with, with him? I don't get it. One of the best plays of the day, one of the best throws he had was on a bootleg to the left side, and he throws it over. over right. And they move the pocket. He's yep. on the move. Yep. He's better at throwing on the run no than question. he has at throwing in the pocket. No question about it. No doubt about it. Yeah. I don't get it. I don't get it. Joe Namath was on yesterday on ESPN. He talked about Zach Wilson. Did you see some of the comments that Joe Namath said? He said, I did. It's disgusting. He wants everybody out. He wants yep. everybody out. He wants to get rid of Salah. He wants to get rid of Douglas. He wants everybody out. You know, I get have it. You, I understand. In in the last, since Joe Namath retired, have you heard him talk about a team like this, this way? Well, I mean, I think what's, what's happening is Joe's 80 years old now, you know, and he'd like to see, you know, look, I mean, he, He'd like to see a, 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 a another Super Bowl trophy before he leaves the earth. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I think it's it's I think it's starting to get him too. Get to him too now. Enough is enough already. You know. So what do you think the answer is? Do you think there's a fix this year? I think they need to bring a back a, a veteran guy in here. I, I think that has to happen. I think that if they don't do that, that they stay with this kid. The season is just going to spiral out of control. You're looking at a three or four win team. I mean, let's be honest. You're looking at one and five going to the bye. They got they got the Chiefs this week. Maybe they can beat the Broncos in Denver. Who knows? I mean, look, I know they got hammered 70 points by Miami. But, you know, who knows about that? And then they play the Eagles. What, are you kidding me? You think they're beating the Eagles? The Eagles are going to kill them. So you're looking at the best one and five, maybe two and four going into the bye before they play the Giants. I mean, where, where are we going here? Where are we going? I agree. All right, well. The podcast is Oh, The Pain, and then you can listen to Joe. Are we still going to be able to hear you every day after Jets games? How's that going with uh, with yeah, Tiki? No, I'm, uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, we had a little, yeah, a, little uh, a little, a little, a uh, little, whatever you want to call it yesterday. Yeah, maybe it was, I have to say, probably was a little bit of a cheap shot by me, what I said to him, but uh, what are you going to do? No, I'll be there at 4 o'clock on Monday. I'm sure they're, I'm sure they got a lot of publicity out of it. I'm sure they're. Very happy about it on WFAN, what went down, because it's all over the place. So, yeah, no, 4 o'clock on uh, days after Jet Games with uh, Evan and Tiki, uh, as far as I know, is continuing. So I would, I'm would, i sure it's going to be a rip-roarer on Monday. You know what I mean? Have you spoken to Tiki since? Did, did you call him? You know, I, I reached out to him. I have not. I texted him. He didn't get back to me. Look, I'm sure he's upset. You know, what can I tell you? It is what it is. Well, if we might we might get Joe you know, and Evan every Monday. <laughs> let me say this: Nah, I think you'll be there. You know, he's got to be there. That looks bad if he's not there. Come on, right, yeah. Bilal? I mean, you got to be. You can't not be there. Now, Joe, I want to talk about one thing, man, and um, I, I think it's, it was a highlight, and, and we we discussed it last week. I discussed it last week. The sideline. You saw the reactions from a few yep. players: Garrett Coach Wilson, Coach. Michael Carter. Yep. Like, the, that was out. That was something I was afraid of, and and I understand. I think I understand what Michael Carter is coming from. But I've been in that situation where they, you know, they got two guys in front of you, and you think you can play ball. Like I, I get it, but you know what? What do you think as a fan? Like you know, you don't want to see that, right? Not this early, no. right? Talk I mean, look. It. I mean, uh, do I want to see this guy? Do I want to see the team fracture now? I mean, let's be real. And how long, if this continues on the offense, how long does it before the defense says, you know, we're out here busting our ass, you know, and we're getting nothing on the other side of the ball, right? I mean, I can understand that from the defensive standpoint, right or wrong. 
They yeah. brought him back in the game, the defense, right? They they brought the energy back. How many times late in the game, all of a sudden, the crowd's back on their feet because of yeah. what the defense was doing. Yeah, no, they kept him in the game. They had, look, they gave him multiple shots to win this game at the end. And I tell you, it's funny. To me, the best ball he threw all day was the Hail Mary, that he got it into the end zone. Yeah. And it would be nice if Randall Cobb caught the freak. I mean, <laughs> really, could you, I mean, it, it hit him in the hands, Bilal. Come on. You know, we never see we that we never make that play, Bilal. We never yeah, make that play. Yeah, if that was Rogers throwing the ball, you know, you know, Randall's catching it. <laughs> you probably would, right? You know why? You're probably right. If Rogers threw the ball, a cop probably would have caught. You're right by that. Yeah, you're right. That that's what happens with us. That's 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 how it goes. You've seen this for 50 years. That's why the podcast wow. name is appropriate. Oh, the pain, huh? Yep. Oh, pain. Yeah. Oh, yeah, just thinking, just thinking that when they don't win this year, which they won't, it'll be 55 <laughs> years since I, I, I tell this to people, and this really sums it up to me, Bilal. I was 15 years old when we won the Super Bowl. I'm 70 today, and we haven't even been back. That is a think about that. That's crazy, man. But crazy. so we haven't even been in the playoffs. I know since yeah, since 2011, 2010, 2010. Damn. <laughs> 2010. Let alone, let alone talking about a Super Bowl. You know, right. we gotta, we, we we need to try to smell the, the, the playoffs first. And right now, it it does not look promising, man. No, no. You have to be honest with yourself. Even as a a, a former player, as a, as a you know lifelong fan, you have to be honest. This is ugly football right now. Terrible. It's, no it's, other way to say it. Terrible. Uh, I mean, it's it hard is to what watch. it is. It's it's very hard to watch it. And let's be honest, you know, the fan base, look, the team deserves better. The fan base certainly deserves better. You know, we've been through, we've been through the war. Not even, you talk about the playoffs, Bilal. We haven't had a winning season since that 2015 year. That's eight years ago. Now we haven't had a winning season. Come on. Really? Unbelievable. Well, I hope you unbelievable. It's good that you have the open communication with the coach because I hope you, I know you're authentic. I know you're probably giving the same, you're saying the same thing to us that you're saying to him. So I hope he knows that. Look, I I think the coach knows where I'm coming from. Um, I think in a lot of ways, like I said, I think as far as the quarterback's concerned, I think that he's, he'd like to make a movie quarterback that they're not letting him. I think that. And that's why I think Woody Johnson has to get involved and say to Douglas, look, we got to bring a veteran here. And we got to do it now. You know, I, I mean, you know, how many more losses are we going to have to deal with this kid before you, we do something, right? And it's the same and as even, last year. It's the build from last guy year. Boyle, even putting this guy Boyle in the game in the second half. Why didn't they do that? I mean, I don't know if he's any good, but let's see something. Give me something to try to spark some something. I think he'll bring spark. Yeah, that's what I mean. Why not? I mean, you needed that spark. I mean, you were still in the game. Yeah, and it's- of course. You know, so I, I think you need that spark. You need some kind of spark. You know, watch them make it. Watch them make a change on Sunday night when they're down forty nothing against Kansas City. Yeah, that's when they're going to make a change. A score, well, let me tell you, like, that, that's what we needed to be here all along, right? Look, if they're down forty to nothing, man, it's going to be a, a ugly scene at MetLife on Sunday night. I could tell you right now, there's no not going to be any fans it. there anyway. Well, yeah, be a lot of Chiefs Unless, fans there. Yeah, they're going to see Taylor Chief Swift. Fans and Taylor Swift, she'll be there, like we said. You exactly. know? <laughs> Maybe I should go to the game to go see Taylor Swift. It's cheaper. Uh, it's, it's cheaper to go to see Taylor Swift at the Jet game than it is to see her in concert. Yeah, yeah. it is right. A hundred percent is. All right, we appreciate yeah, right. you doing this, Joe. Thank you so much. We'll talk to you. All right. 
Happy uh, birthday, anytime, guys. And, and let me just say this too again to Bilal. I want to thank you as a, a forever Jet fan. I want to thank you for your service. You were always a stellar Jet, and uh, we appreciate that. I appreciate it. And happy birthday to you, man. Thank you, bro. Happy right. birthday. Much See love. Ya. Take care, guys. <clears throat> thank you so much to Joe B for joining us on the show. Appreciate it. That was awesome. A great conversation with Joe. Uh, so we appreciate you doing that. We're going to wrap it up because we have another episode coming up on Thursday. We're going to preview the Chiefs game as if we didn't talk about it enough. But 0-15 against the Patriots. We have to just wrap up that game. Let's get rid of Patriots week because guess what? In a few weeks from now, we're going to be talking about it again. We've lost 15 in a row against the Patriots, but this is going to be the week we beat them, right? That's what we're going to be saying later this year. I'm, sh- I'm sure of it. I can't wait to be doing that a few weeks from now. So Bilal, before we go... Do you have a player of the game from the Jets, Patriots, either side? We haven't been good about keeping up with this because the team's been awful. Um, who's your player of the game? It's not a player. It's a coach. You, you have to go with Bill Belichick. With a Patriot team like this, they're not good, and he found a way to beat a good defense. Listen, I mean, that's, you just have to take your hat off to that guy. Like, that was a... That was a good defense with a mediocre Patriots team, and they found a way to put up points. They found a way to pull away with the victory. So I have to go with Bill Belichick, who is now 5-0 and with Zach Wilson under center. So I have to go with Bill Belichick. All right, I'm going to go a similar direction, equally depressing, but a different direction than Bilal went. I'm going to go with a player on the Jets. Thomas Morstead, the punter, was the best player of the game for the Jets on the field. In fact, during the broadcast on CBS, Jim Nance and Phil Sims were talking about how this guy's been really good. He, Bill Belichick always says, I never want to go against Morstead. He's the best player on the field. Well, on Sunday, that was the case. Even the free kick at the end of the game, when the Jets take the safety, he has the free punt at the end of the game. He pins them back. He pins the Patriots back all the way to the 15, like gave the Jets an actual chance to come to go and win the game. Unfortunately, the quarterback couldn't do anything about it. But Thomas Morstead was fantastic in this game. So he is... Unfortunately, my player of the game for the Jets, shout out uh, more said. Also, neither of us picked, uh, what was it, Nick Bolden, who scored the touchdown. Neither of us picked that. <laughs> we didn't see that coming. The fullback uh, scoring the touchdown. So congrats to him also. As far as our picks for the game, we actually both picked against the Jets. We picked the Patriots. So we did get that right. So I improved to 2-1 and one on the season. Bilal improves to 1-1 one and one on the season on his picks so far. So we'll keep picking the games. That's what's going to be coming up on next episode. On Thursday, we'll pick the game against the Chiefs. We'll preview that game. What else you got, Bilal? Nothing. I'm just... Let's see if we can figure it out this week. <laughs> let's let's save the season. Hey, if they don't beat the... If they don't beat the Chiefs, then at least they have a chance against Denver because I do want to talk about this on next episode. This is a long episode already, but next episode, we should definitely talk about Miami, as if it wasn't bad enough that the Jets are bad, Miami's really good. And they put up 70 points, including a touchdown from Mike White, a former Jet, to Robbie Anderson, a former Jet. So if if it couldn't get worse for Jet fans, that happened on Sunday for Miami as they put up 70 points against the Denver Broncos. So maybe the Jets maybe have a chance against Denver and Sean Payton coming up in a couple of weeks. But on next episode, we'll talk about all that. We'll obviously talk about the Chiefs game. Uh I wish circumstances were better. Maybe by Thursday, we're talking about a different quarterback. I don't know. Maybe there's a change. Maybe they were waiting for last night for Matthew Stafford's game to end, and now they're going to trade for him. Who knows? But until then, until next time, uh, I'll see you, Bilal, all right? All right, man. Let's go to eat a damn snack. 
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.